0: I don't know, kids, what are we going to do with them? But um, yes, thank you, moms, for what you do. Um, I know that you do a lot of carting around, and a lot of driving of kids everywhere, um, basically like an Uber driver without the pay, right? But thank you for what you do and for meeting the emotional needs, the physical needs, the spiritual needs of your family. Um, is much-needed job, and we want to thank you. So um, have you, kids or adults, have you ever asked your parents, um, your mom or your dad, Why do we have to go to church today? Maybe even this morning. Um, It's Mother's Day. Let's just stay home. Um, I know that I used to give my mom a hard time for taking me to church, for taking me to Sunday school, for taking me to youth group. And uh, yes, kids, um, many of your parents may have asked uh, their parents that same kind of question. I know that I have. I know that my kids have once or twice. Um, But today we are looking at, um, in the sermon series, the title uh, for our series right now is um, to, um, to branch out. And it comes from our tagline, Dig In, Branch Out, and Live It Up. And as we as a church, we think it's important for us to, to branch out. And so today we're looking at where that starts. And it starts, and the, the sermon title is going to be Passing the Baton. And we are in track and field season, right? And last month, my daughter Kate sitting over there Kate? yeah she was on the westchester relay team so they had to practice often about passing the baton from one person to the next and that is trickier than you think but good relay teams make it look easy effortlessly right but it can really be disastrous if you if you miss that important part of the race right if you fail to pass the baton some of you guys might have remembered the 2008 olympics right, where here's a picture of um, Tyson Gay and his um, teammate, and they're missing the handoff, um, which was truly devastating for um, the Olympic team that practiced so much uh, to get ready for this and in the execution, and then um, right at the critical points, in it's missed the, the handoff, and there's not, there's not a do-over when it comes into the Olympics, right, and so that was just really hard. Um, And to to, and looking at today, I want to remind us that in some ways we have the baton, and that we are in a race, um, the race of life. And I don't want us to forget or miss the opportunity to pass the baton of the gospel, okay? the, the, The baton of the gospel to our children and to the next generation. So the sermon in a sentence would be: When your children ask. And and they will if we're doing this, right? Why do we serve God? And so if you're in your household or in our church, we're serving God, they're going to ask, you know, well, why do we do this? And answer them, because God rescued us. He saved us. And so um, as we look at um, Deuteronomy, we're going to look at Deuteronomy 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or your app or follow along on the screen. Um, this The setting of this is the Israelites are... are had just escaped slavery from Egypt, and they had been wandering in the desert for like 40 years. And because of their disobedience and rebellion against God, and now they're standing at the edge of the Jordan River, they're about ready to go into the Promised Land, and Moses here is retelling the story of the journey that they had from Egypt to this point. And he's reminding them of how God has been faithful and how he's continued to to care for them. And yet the Israelites continued to forget and they didn't follow um, God. God kept his covenant that he made with them, but the Israelites didn't really hold up their end of the bargain. Deuteronomy is, is like Moses, is Moses' farewell address to the Israelites because he was not going with them. Um, into the promised land. And this time of year, we get graduation speeches, right? Where they come in and they tell you the important things in life. And here we have Moses um, giving a a type of graduation speech. And he's telling the Israelites who he's pastored, who he's cared for for this many years, um, what he thinks is important. And so um, listen, as um, I have um, Noah and Ryan, as they're going to read Deuteronomy 6, uh, 1 through 9 and 20 through 25. Come on up.
1: Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and commandments, which I commanded you, all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that you may go well with, that they may go well with you. And that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, your God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, uh, and they shall be as, front, as frontlets to your eyes. You shall write them on your the doorposts of your house and on your gates. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us.
0: Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. I pray that it would transform us. And uh, thank you just for our time together to, to worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. So as we begin looking at this passage um, and we begin to think about passing the baton, uh, the, Moses is talking to the covenant community. And what I mean by that is that Moses was addressing the community and of, of Israel and not just parents, right? And so the parents were included in it, but it was broader than that. This message is for the church, the covenant community, um, which is our church. And in the book of Moses, Jesus was at, or sorry, in the book of Moses, did I say that? I think I did. <laughs> See, Matthew, that's different. Yeah, there is one of those. Um, Moses did write quite a few books, but not the book of Matthew. Um, Jesus was, was asked, Who is my mother and my brothers? And Jesus, um, he said, um, Those that do the will of my Father in heaven are my, my mother, my brother, and my sister and it 's really talking about our spiritual family Tom, Pastor Tom talks about our spiritual family, and that 's what this is addressing is our spiritual family so as we're, as i 'm talking this morning, as we look at this passage, you can look around and um, the people sitting next to you are part of this spiritual family of God and it 's part of the covenant community, and um, the children that are in here are our covenant children and um, and so when and so um, they ask, when they ask questions like Why do we serve God? Um, To our covenant children, um, all the members of this church, we get a chance to answer that together. And we have a a responsibility to pass the baton from one generation to the next. And so there's an implication here, right? And the implication is that we live in community, that we would know the children uh, that are in our church, and that we would get to know them and know them by name. And so how do we do this? How do we pass the baton from one generation to the next well, I have um, three T's, all right? So my three-point sermon, uh, tell, uh, train, and trust, all right? Tell, train, and trust. So first we tell. We tell them the great story of the rescue, all right? God rescued uh, the Israelites, and so we tell them the great story. And uh, you look at in chapter, in chapter 6, verse 20, When your son asks in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statues and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? And so that's assuming that um, they're following those rules, and, the, and their kids come to them and again, and they, they ask that question. You shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. So what we have here is that when your son asks, God did not come back with, because I said so, right? And, God, and I think if I was God, I think what I would have said was, because I'm God, it would be the answer about why you should serve me, right? And so, but God was interested in more than that they just, because I said so. He was interested in a relationship with them. God wants the Israelites to tell the story of that great rescue and how God saved them from the mighty hands of the Egyptians. And, you know, it was a huge deal that they escaped out of Egypt, wasn't it? Um, That they escaped the Egyptian empire and that God, um, that Pharaoh was forced to let them go. God says, when your kids ask you, why um, do we follow the ways of God? You tell them about the salvation that I gave you. Tell them about the crazy, awesome rescue out of Egypt. You tell them how much I loved you. It's like replaying the movie of Moses um, telling Pharaoh, you know, let my people go. Do you remember the, the 10 plagues? Can you name some of them from Egypt? The frogs, I remember the frogs, yeah, no, the frogs, what else? Lice, yeah, no, anybody, anybody that's dealt with lice knows that that would be, you know, if you're gone after that one, that's done, right? What other ones? Any others? Water and the blood, Yep. firstborn son. You know what? Our God is stronger than the strongest king or ruler on the earth. God broke the Israelites free when they were slaves in the most powerful nation of the world. Do you get that? When it was the most powerful nation of the world, that's when they were broke free. And the same is true today. We We serve the same God. We serve the God who is powerful and who has saved us from the slavery of sin. And he is interested in a relationship with us, his people, and the next generation, his children. So when our children ask, why do we follow God? Why do we go to church? Right? That same question. But it's more than that. It's like, why do we give a tithe? Why do we serve the poor? Why do we, right? And those questions come up like that. God wants us, you and me, to tell them the story of redemption, to tell the story of how he saved his people from the hands of the Egyptians. Remember how he saved them, how he rescued them, how he reminded them that they are his people? God said, you are my people and I'll be your God. He is the covenant-keeping God. And he reminds them of the gospel. You see, God's people were in a place that they couldn't save themselves. God saved them out of slavery. And he gave them a future. And God, and really the the kind of the question is like, how has God saved you? How has he personally um, saved you and from what? We get to tell the children here of Green Tree um, of an even greater rescue, how Jesus saved us out of the slavery of sin. The good news is, of the gospel is that what? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Passing the baton is telling our children the good news. It is my responsibility and it is your responsibility to do that and to tell them, to tell the next generation. Why do we do that? Why do we need to tell them? Well, really our tendency is to what? Is to forget. Is to forget to pass it on or to just not make what God has done a, a big deal. We fail to pass on the baton. Look at um, in, in Judges 2, it says, And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Do you hear that? So there was a generation that passed and then another one came up and that they did not remember what the Lord or what he had done for them. Unfortunately, this is a pattern in scripture. It happens over and over again um, that that one generation fails to pass on the baton to the next generation. Do you remember who told you the good news? Can you remember who told you the good news of the gospel? For me, um, the reason that I'm here here having the opportunity to pass on the baton and tell you to pass it on to the next generation is because there were many people who didn't fail to pass on that baton to me. They told me of the great rescue. In particular, it was my grandfather who, um, who lives in South Dakota, just a few miles um, from the family farm now. And I remember him always, um, my grandpa Van Z, he was always wearing his belt buckle that had on it God is love. And he would wear that belt buckle all the time. And he would go around telling anybody that would listen about God and about um, how much God loved him and how, how God rescued him. I remember sitting around the, the dining room table for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner. And after every meal, I'm ready to go out and play because the farm has a lot of things to do. And we'd sit down and he'd pull out the Bible and we would read um, from Scripture. Or he'd pull out, you know, our daily bread and we'd have that devotional. And also he, to this day, he continues to pray for his family. I know that he prays for, for me daily in that. I would love to be more like him in the sense of being um, there to, to teach my kids. I know that oftentimes I miss opportunities to, to talk to my own children. Um, I have a great responsibility being the youth pastor here that I get to, to do that with, um, with the children of Green Tree. And there's times that I miss that. But it is, I I love what he does. I love what the the passion that he has in telling the story to the next generation. We all need to be reminded of that, of the gospel. Uh, Jack Miller says that we need to hear the gospel every day because we forget it every day. So mom and dads, tell your children the good news. Um, Tell them with words about the reason that we follow God. And you can take them to coffee or if they're younger for ice cream, um, however, but to use words and talk to them about the gospel and, and to continue to help us um, teach the, the covenant children of Green Tree the good news. So not only do we tell our covenant children about the great rescue, we also train them in the way of God. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with um, something called CrossFit. Anybody CrossFit? Yeah, some of you guys. Right? You know, the CrossFit people, um, there's a way to do CrossFit. I tried. I'm not really good at that. But, um, but there's a way to do it. And, um, and if you want to know how to do it, you can talk to some CrossFitters because they would be happy to teach you the way. And, um, and there is a way to do it. Right? And this section of Scripture, there's also a way. And it's, and it's God's way. It's God's way. How do we train um, our children in, in His way? And... This section of scripture, um, verses 1 through 9, um, teaches us that. And the, um, it's really a response to that great rescue that we just talked about of the gospel. The response is that we love because he first loved us. So it is a response to that love that God has loved us so much. And now that in turn that we will now love. So let me read um, that scripture again that we heard earlier starting in verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel... The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, um, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And talk of them when you sit in your house and you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise. Do you get that? Those verses are actually called the Shema. And the Shema means to listen. Listen. And it was so foundational that a Jew would say um, these verses, recite these verses like twice a day, morning and evening. And it was very foundational for them. Jesus in the New Testament used them to talk about the greatest commandment. The message, uh, that the translation, the message translates verse 4 as, Attention Israel, God our God, God the one and only. Isn't that good? Moses is saying, so listen up and train the next generation in the way of God. You see, these, this section of scripture answer a lot of important questions. It answers actually who, what, where, when, how, and why. I'm going to run through it um, in a broad stroke. Um, but it's just neat to see how the great teacher, Moses, walked us through each one of these things and how foundational and how important it is for us to hear that. So the first one is who? That's the Sunday school answer. Who do we train them about and in? Who is it? Right? And in these verses, it's God. But Jesus works. That is the Sunday school answer. You're right. The Lord, our God is one, right? Um, Alone. And see, we tend to serve a lot of other gods. We serve the God of power, of money, of comfort, Um, even materialism. There's just, um, our idols, our our hearts are idol factories, and they produce all kinds of things that we worship. We were made um, to worship someone or something. And Moses is saying, let's worship the true God, the one and only God that is real and that has saved us. And let's help train our children to look to him, the true God, the God of our fathers. So what do we train them in? This is the what. We train them to to love God and to love his word. Verse five and six says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. See, God designed us and he knows what's best for us. And King David, he wrote that blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Jesus wants our heart. And delighting in God's word is knowing Him. It's it's loving Him. And are these words, are His words from Scripture, are they on our heart? God gives us the most important textbook um, for life and for living. And the joy that we get, the freedom that we get is to learn it. It is God's law, but it's we are free to learn it and to do it. And in and in our salvation as we have been freed. We are now free to live in him and it is good for us. And so let's teach it to the next the next generation. There's a reason that we talk about, say, family devotions or there's a reason that the first hour we had Sunday school, right? There's a reason that we um, have camps and retreats and you know, spring storm and all the things that we do as a church. There's a reason for that is so that we can have, have opportunities to study his word and to learn it and to train um, ourselves and, and the next generation in the way of God. So where and when the next two questions do we train our children? It talks about that too. It says in verse seven, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, so when is that? It's all the time and everywhere, right? So it's kind of all the time and everywhere. It's just, when do we do it? It's all the time and, and everywhere. As you walk alongside the road, uh, there was people that walked alongside the road with me on my journey. I remember on the back of the tractor with my grandpa Lafers, I was on the back of the tractor, he was driving, um, riding in the milk truck with my grandpa Van Z or running with my youth pastor Craig watching the lightning with my mom or sitting in the swimming pool talking with my dad, sitting around the bonfire with my high school um, small group leader, Chuck, and just talking. There was a lot of people that walked along the way with me and taught me the way of God. I think more is probably caught than taught. You guys have heard that. But in some ways, we're always teaching our children by our actions. I mean, they, they know what's important to us. But these verses, um, as we walk alongside the road, are, it's kind of saying to be intentional about what we talk about. So as you drive to soccer, I mean, there's a lot of soccer driving. I don't know if that's you, but we have a lot of soccer driving. Um, to bring up the conversation about our Savior. I don't mind if you get a little eye rolling, right? When you, you know, bring it up again, dad or mom. But um, my fear is that sometimes we just don't bring it up at all. Oh, and another thing, do you know that um, Schnucks has uh, free cookies for kids? I mean, it's the best thing going. Um, my kids will take a walk with me um, anytime I want um, to go get a free cookie from Schnucks. And so we just take the long way and we get an opportunity just to talk. We get to talk about life. We get to talk about friends and school and hardships and just, you know, life. And I'm, I hope that um, at, at times that I'm, I'm talking to them about what's important and, and getting an opportunity to, to share the gospel and to train them in the way of God. And um, those are... The, the cookies are helpful, right? <laughs> and um, they're not all necessary, but it, it, definitely, it definitely helps. Last Wednesday night, we had a bunch of kids here um, playing Capture the Flag and standing around the bonfire. It was a good time. The, the goal of that is for as we walk alongside the road that, that we would be in discipleship. We'd be in relationship with them in and in, in time to train them in the way of God all the time, really, that we're to speak up to the next generation of the things of God all the time. I don't think that as parenting, that doesn't, we don't get to take a break on that. It's not just a weekend deal. Um, and the same is true for us as a, as a church. We need to be continued to be focused on the next generation. It is fun to serve at a church that cares for students, that cares for kids as much as our church does. And so we need to continue to to, um, to do that, we have a lot of volunteers that, that go to students' games and plays and um, all their activities, and want to walk alongside the road with them. And, um, and that, that's fun to watch, and that's exactly what we need to be doing. Often, though, our, our time is filled up with lots of stuff. I don't know if it's like if you guys are like us, but there's lots of carpools and lots of activities, and that's good. And um, please make time to, to train your children. Please make time to help the church train our covenant children. Please make time to branch out and to tell your neighbors and friends, right? The good news. So how do we train our children? One of the last questions is, how do we train them? Verse 7 says, you shall teach them diligently. So the word teach means to impress upon them. Not oppress, but impress, right? Impress upon them. Uh, Again, back to the message, it puts it like, Get God's laws inside your children, to get them inside. The New Living Translation says, repeat them again and again. So part of teaching, part of training has to do with repetition. And um, that, there's, um, there's more than one example of how you can train, right? There's not just one way in this. But I know that with that repetition, um, that is good. And it doesn't have to be boring. Um, as we can see, I have another video from Springstorm, and that's them. Um, their memory verse. Some of you guys saw that on Facebook. But if you haven't, it's fun. I
1: believe. Be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty God. Put on
0: the fold, the pole, Yeah, you can do it if you know it. of God. So that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. So. <laughs> Springstorm was awesome. Um, we had a lot of people there, a lot of adults there, and it was, um, if you weren't there, you were missing out. Um, if you'd like to be involved in our children's ministry, do you have any need for that, Miss Beth? Oh, yes, you do. So <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Go figure. You got a table outside after the service uh, so they could just sign up today? Okay, that's the commercial. All right, just checking. Um, we, have a, we have a great children's program, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of ways to train our children. It's not just that way. That is one way, and that is an important way. And so, um, you know, please take advantage of that. But, um, but also, there, um, the last question in this is, is why do we train our children? And again, I've, I've said it already, but it's because we tend to forget. And looking at verse 12, it says, Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So our tendency is to forget. And in verse 2, it says, That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son. And so the two issues with that is we tend to forget and we tend to not fear the Lord. And when it says fear the Lord, it's not, you know, it's, it's more uh, that kind of fear. But it is about giving God his proper, the proper respect, his pop, proper place that he is due as our God. And we tend not to do that from one generation to the next. And so, again, that's why we train. That's why we do this. And that's why we concentrate on it. And it starts with building a relationship with them. I brought up spring storm and Sunday school and nursery. I mean, all these are different ways to get involved in our covenant community and, and, and jumping in and getting to know people. But that's how God does it. As we walk alongside the road with your kids and our covenant children. And so uh, just looking at it, in what way are you involved in, in the training? Continue to pray for, continue to support, continue to sign up, continue to do those things for our covenant children. And not only are we to tell and to train the next generation, but we're also supposed to, and we get to, trust God for their future. I actually think this was one of the hardest things to do, is to just, I say, well, yeah, just trust God. And not only that, but trust God with your kids. Well, actually, and trust God with your kids' future. And I think that's hard for us to do. It's hard for me to do. Um, As we look at the next generation, we get worried, you know, are they going to get it? Do they have it? You know, God, you got this? Are you sure that you've got this? And here in Deuteronomy 6, there's many things that, that Moses points out that says, this is our reason that we can trust God for our future. There's the promised land. They're standing right in front of the promised land. God promises to provide for them while they're in the promised land, and it's all for their good. Verse 3 says, following God, that it may go well with you, that it might go well for you. Verse 24 says, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. There are, there are many battles that the Israelites were about to face, even as they were in the promised land. But God, um, through Moses, was, he was telling them of uh, the history that the Israelites had um, to encourage them to trust God. He was reminding them of how God continued to be faithful during their journey. Sometimes I think that if I saw the, um, the 10 plagues of Egypt, right, that we just named, or if I walked across on, on dry ground through the Red Sea, or um, that I wouldn't have any problem trusting God. Do you ever feel like that? You're like, oh man, if I just saw that, that'd be, that'd be great. You know, and then, but, but it's like, you know what, we have the whole the whole scripture, we have all the true stories, we have it there, and we have Jesus who's come and saved us from the slavery of sin, and... I still have doubts, right? I think my favorite verse in the Bible might be Mark nine. it's 24. It says, "I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief." These verses here in Deuteronomy are, are more about a um, trusting in a faithful God. He is the one that is faithful and more than giving us a formula for parenting. Trusting God helps us, though, to not maybe stuff the Bible down our kids' throats, even though sometimes I'd like to do that. Not saying anything, kids. Um, but trusting, trusting God helps us to not be that helicopter parent that we know that, that isn't necessarily helpful for our kids. Trusting God helps us to calm down and to respond versus react when our kids make us mad or we have an opportunity to be mad at them. Um, to really trust God for our kids' future. Um, we will fail them. We won't be perfect parents, and we don't have a perfect church. Uh, but God pursues that um, imperfect parent. He pursues us, and he pursues that imperfect child. It's a challenge for me to keep trusting God with my own kids. I see how at times um, I can fall back on my own self-reliance, and then I look to performance, and then I, then I fail. And But praise Jesus that he is in pursuit of me, and it's not based on, it's not based on me. God delivers on his promises, right? We know that to be true. And God knows what's best for us. And God loves your children. He loves our children even more than we do. So together, let's trust God uh, with our children and the children of our church. It's really a community affair, isn't it? We're all in it together. The, in conclusion, um, the truth is that we're often just like the, 08, um, the 2008 Olympic team. We do drop the baton, don't we? We do fail to tell and to train and to trust the God um, in the way that we should. We do serve a merciful Savior. He treats us better than we deserve. He takes our meager efforts at raising the next generation, and he multiplies it. He is the faithful one, and he, he makes sure that the story continues to be told. Isn't that cool? He, he's the one that makes sure that it keeps going. And I just pray that he continues to use us. That he uses our church that he uses us as parents um, that he uses us as, as volunteers or as um, vol- um, yeah, volunteer leaders in the student ministry or the children' ministry or wherever that you serve he uses you as neighbors as parents to branch out and to tell the gospel to the next generation to, te- to train the next generation and to trust God with the next generation let's pray God, I just thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you um, love our children, that you love us as your children. Continue to remind us of the gospel and help us to tell it and to train our children in it. And Father, just to trust you. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to take an opportunity um, since um, come this time of year to... um to pray for our seniors, our graduating seniors. And so um, if there's a graduating senior, if you're here, um, I'm not going to put you on the spot. We're not going to make you give testimony to all of this, how God has, you know, worked in your life and how much, you know, you need to thank your parents and your Sunday school teachers. But we could and we should, right? Um, but I do want to pray for them. And so if you're um, a graduating senior and you're here this morning, if you wouldn't mind coming up and actually stepping foot in the, in this aisle, just line up. So this is your time. Do we have some graduating seniors? Yep. Come on up. Come on up. You can give them a hand. So I, you guys can spread out on this aisle because what I want is for people um, in the aisle to stand and to put their hands on you and to and while I pray for you. So so Grant, scoot back towards, towards a little more and a little more. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Keep going. Keep going. There you go. Now, if you're next to them, would you stand up and put your hands on them? And um, as if you're family members or friends or, you know what, if you just happen to be in the aisle, um, if you wouldn't mind doing that, I'm going to pray for them. Um, and this is really an application to to what this whole sermon was about in the sense that, that we continue to tell the story and to pass the baton. And um, I'm so proud of these seniors and getting to know them. Um, over this last year and a half that I've been here, and I just want to um, to pray for you and to ask God to continue um, his faithfulness. Father, we do thank you. We thank you for this class. We thank you for the way that you have um, put so many people into their lives, um, from their parents to um, teachers and others that have told them of the gospel, that have trained them in it. Uh, Father, I pray that you would help them to, to trust you as they go on to, to college, as they go on into the next season of their life. Father, we give you praise and glory for what you have done and for what you will do. And so, Father, we thank you and we give you praise and glory. In your name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.